streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm Kim Grinnells with Dogman.com with Steve Bartle from Ute Zone, the Utah site on the 24-7 network. Washington takes on Utah. One o'clock kickoff at Husky Stadium. If you look forward to the weather, supposed to be into the low 50s, but it's going to take a while to get there. And being on the water, it's going to be cold. Dress in layers, but it's going to be a beautiful uh, day out at Husky Stadium, Utah, number 10 ranked coming into Washington. I believe they are a three-point favorite as we do this recording. But uh, Utah, this may be the best Utah team Washington has faced in a long time. And the rivalry the past, you know, when since uh, Chris Peterson has been here, has been pretty intense in some great games. How does the Utah fan base feel about coming into Seattle Husky Stadium, Steve? Man, that's a great question, Kim. And, you know, before the season, uh, many just kind of chalked this game up as a loss. It looked like a scheduled loss where, you know, Utah played Cal last week and early on in the season. And, and I'm, you know, as a, as a Husky fan, you saw it up close and personal. Cal looked much improved uh, and, and looked like a, a pretty formidable team. Injuries have taken the uh, its toll on the Cal Bears and, and it wasn't much of a, a contest last week. And so, you know, all of a sudden Utah was able to uh, kind of get going after that USC game. Uh, they've uh, dominated through the month of October uh, and they were able to get the win last week and get guys rest some key guys rest heading into this week, you know, with Washington coming off a of bye, you know, that was, that was almost priority. Number two is get the win and then, and then get rest for these guys. So, you know, compared to what the vibe was at the beginning of the season, you know, Utah fans are feeling actually, you know, confident that Utah, they're going to have a, a legitimate chance at, at getting the victory there in Husky Stadium. Uh, they're wearing similar uniforms to the last ones they wore the last time they got the win in Husky Stadium. So, you know, it, it's going to be a tough battle without question. But, but Utah fans are feeling much better about Utah's chances this week. But Kyle Whittingham, always known for a physical team, that uh, championship game last week down in um, – God, where was that? It's down in San Francisco. I always remember – forget the name of the place. But uh, down where the Levi 49 – yeah, Levi Stadium. I got yeah. tongue twisted there. But uh, one of the most physical, good football games I've seen in a while – I'm kind of expecting the same thing, but when you talk about Utah, I think it all starts up front on their defense. They've got three all-conference caliber defensive linemen right off the top. How well are they playing? Yeah, the three guys, Bradley and I, Lecky Foto and John Penasini, kind of lead the group there. Mika Tafua is the other defensive end in Utah's four-man front. It's been a super impressive performance so far uh, from the defensive line. They've really kind of dominated – uh, the game and, and controlled the game from the trenches. You know, the last two opponents, Arizona State and Cal, uh, really had to change their game plan to adjust and prepare for this Utah defensive line. So, you know, it was tough. Uh, the, the, the games were tough, but Utah's defensive line uh, has has played really, really well. And it's led by Lecky Fotu, who at 6'6", and he's, you know, he's listed at 335, but he's probably closer to 350. He moves 
extremely well. He played rugby in high school, so he's just an extremely thickly built player. Um, you know, it was almost who was the guy, the the Husky player, that, that defensive tackle, nose tackle that went to the Bucks. What was his name? Uh, oh, Vita Vea. Yeah, Vita Vea. Kind of like in that same mold where, you know, he's just so big, but he's surprisingly athletic, you know, for his size. Um, that's that's what Lucky Foto brings, and he kind of uh, makes it easier, life easier for the, the rest of the defense. The priority for Utah is always to stop the run, and they've been extremely effective so far this year against the run. Uh, I believe they've only allowed one 100-yard rushing game on the season, and that was to Arizona State, who got a couple of chunk plays uh, in mop-up time. Uh, but Utah, uh, it, it's led by the defensive front, you know, with, with those guys, and, and they've, they've lived up to the billing so far this year. When you take a look at that defensive line, it's going to be tough to run against it, but uh, can they get after the quarterback? Are they able to create the pressure that uh, uh, they will need to on one of the elite quarterbacks in the country, Jacob Eason? You know, that's that's the big question for me. You know, as I'm watching the Huskies, uh, especially the, the last game against Oregon, who's uh, a, a little bit better, they have more athletes to generate pressure. Washington's offensive line does a great job of, of protecting Eason. There's been times where... You know, he's been sacked 11 times, but uh, according to, to what I look at, they've given up the fewest total pressures. So hurries, uh, hits on the quarterback and sacks, they've given up the fewest in the conference. So uh, this offensive line does a great job. It's going to be tough. You know, Utah's got Bradley and I, who's uh, considered to be the, the top defensive end, according to some in the conference. Uh, he's only got seven sacks on the year, um, but Utah's done some some pretty exotic things with blitz packages and that kind of thing so they they do know how to generate pressure they would prefer to do it with just their front four but with this washington offensive line man i i wonder if they'll even be able to to get pressure with that front four they'll probably have to bring extra pressure uh just to to make eason uh, uneasy because that's that's the key if you can make eason uneasy in the pocket uh, you you improve your odds greatly of, of finding success on the defensive side. I just wonder with that Washington offensive line, you know, Trey Adams isn't what he was a couple years ago, but he's still pretty damn good. That battle between he and Bradley and I is going to be a fun one to watch. You know, that's probably the two at their position, two, two of the top at their position in the conference for sure. So, um, you know, if, if I had to say it's, it's going to be tough, Utah's probably going to have to bring a few extra guys uh, in their pass rush to get pressure on Eason. If you take a look at uh, Utah's only loss during the season against USC, they had their quarterback just basically throw up 50-50 balls, and USC was coming down with those. Has Utah shored up those issues, or is that something that can be exploited? <laughs> well, there's only one Michael Pittman in the in the conference. Thank goodness. Uh, you know, he was he was really the the thorn in the side of that Utah uh, experience. You know, in that USC game. Um, it was Matt Fink just saying, I'm just going to chuck it deep, Mike, and, and you're going to go get it. And, and credit to Pittman. He went up and got it. So Utah hasn't faced a receiver like him. You know, and when I watch this Washington offense, they don't have a receiver like Michael Pittman, but they've got a tight end in Hunter Bryant, who if, I, if I'm the Huskies, I'm looking to, to use him as kind of that big receiver. Utah, uh, they've got safeties in Terrell Burgess and Julian Blackman that have experience at cornerback, so they're pretty comfortable in coverage. But they don't have the size um, that that previous Utah safeties did. You know, a guy's a, a guy that you you guys should be familiar up there in Seattle, Marquise Blair. 
you know, he was he was 6'2", 195 pounds, 6'3", 195 pounds. Their other safety last year was 6'3", 210. You know, these, these guys this year are closer to 6'195 pounds. So they don't have the same size, but they've been effective in coverage. And I, I, I think that they're going to have their hands full with Hunter Bryant uh, and, and the tight ends. But, um, you know, the, the defensive secondary as a whole has really kind of stepped up. Jalen Johnson has taken the challenge of opponents' top receivers, uh, Isaiah Hodgins and, and Brandon Ayuk, um, over the last three weeks, and he's done a, a tremendous job against those guys. He's been helped by uh, the, the defensive line getting pressure, but you know, overall, uh, this defensive secondary has improved since they're showing it against USC. They really struggled making plays on the ball at the moment of truth, and, and there's been quite a few instances since then where they've shown that they've that's something that they've worked on and improved. So it's going to be an improved secondary, but uh, Washington still has, um, so, you know, a, a guy like Puka Nakua, who's come on strong the last couple of weeks. You know, he's he's a, a bona fide receiving target that's going to make um, life tough for Utah secondary. But Utah, Washington's, they've got playmakers. Utah's got their hands full uh, with this receiving corps. If you're the Washington offensive quarter uh, coordinator. What area of the Utah defense are you attacking? Where's the weakness? Where where are they going to make their uh, their money? Oh man, that is such a great question because Kyle Whittingham literally said earlier this week at the press conference that you know this defense is playing so well because there really aren't holes you know in terms of who you can exploit. Uh, you can look at the linebackers because they're not as experienced, um, you know, and that's probably where I'd start. But based on their play so far, they're playing really well above expectations, um, you know, having to fill in for Cody Barton and Chase Hansen last year. So if I'm the offensive coordinator, I'm, I'm looking at the linebackers first just because they are they aren't as experienced as the rest of the Utah defense. And then, like I like I said, you know, Hunter Bryant is such a weapon as a receiving uh, option. I'm going to I'm going to try to utilize him. Uh, get him in some some jump ball situations against these uh, Utah safeties, and and that's what I look to exploit. So first the linebackers just because of inexperience, and then the safeties with my uh, with my tight ends, um, you know, and then you, you're gonna have to to grind it out in the run game, um, but you've got the athletes to to make life difficult, and that's that's the beautiful thing about Washington football is it's so balanced, you know, you it's kind of pick your poison. Uh, they can beat you both ways, and that's what makes it so tough. So uh, that's that's my kind of game plan, what I would look at, you know, if I'm Washington's offensive coordinator. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When I go over to the other side of the ball and I look at Utah's offense, the first thing you notice is the offensive line. I compare what Utah's been doing lately to what Nebraska did in the 80s and early 90s, what Wisconsin does. They just got big dudes up front, and they're good every year. And it looks like they're good again this year and big again this year. You know, I mean, to be honest, Kim, it's almost been like the, the weakest part of the offense is the offensive line and how they've played so far. They've they've given up some pressures. They've given up. Um, they haven't been able to 
Um, you know, they do a good job in the run game. Uh, overall, it helps that you have a running back like Zach Moss who can um, create a lot of opportunities on his own. Um, but, you know, this, this group isn't performing supreme, supremely well, you know, like a, a Wisconsin offensive line does. But they're doing good things, and, and they're inexperienced, they're young. And they've shown improvement, and I think that's the key above all else is that they've shown improvement um, to this point in the season. They are much bigger than they were last year. I think that was a point of emphasis and a big change uh, from offensive coordinators and Troy Taylor last year where he wanted athleticism and speed. You know, Andy Ludwig has kind of brought just a, a bully's mentality with the offensive line. He's bulked them up where these guys are, are closer to 320, 330 um, across the line. And they're just going to grind it out and, and generate movement. Uh, and with the running backs that they have, all that they need is a crease, you know, and they can create some some good yardage. So uh, the offensive line has done well. They've improved the last few weeks. But it, it's definitely, um, you know, if you ask Ute fans, it's definitely one of the, the top concerns, uh, you know, for Utah fans heading into this game is the play of the offensive line. And to get into a championship type situation, you have to have a quarterback and Utah has one and they have a good one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tyler Huntley, you know, Holy smokes. Talk about uh, evolving as a quarterback, you know, where he was primarily a dual threat quarterback that made quick reads, you know, he's, he's turned into a true pocket passer um, this season. And that, and that's really elevated the, the overall performance of this Utah offense. You know, it's not it's not what it was, you know, two years ago when when Utah came up there with Tyler Huntley, you know, as a sophomore, Darren Carrington up there, uh, Raylan Singh. It's not that offense. It's it's much more of a pro style offense, kind of similar. I've compared it a lot to what Washington does, where they utilize a lot of 12 personnel, um, multiple formations and and a lot of big sets some under center uh, formations as well. And with Tyler Huntley. He's grasped it all really well. Andy Ludwig has really kind of helped him evolve as a quarterback where he's able to break things down so simply that it's made reads easy for Huntley. You can see him in the pocket going through his progressions much better than what he was doing the, the previous two seasons. You know, and that's the biggest change for him is his presence in the pocket, you know, where he would tuck it and run at the first sign of danger he does a much better job of just maneuvering within the pocket to avoid pressure while keeping his eyes downfield. And it's created some opportunities for big plays down the field. Uh, Utah has generated a, a number of chunk plays in the passing game that maybe they weren't able to do last year and the, and, the, and the year before that. But because of Huntley's improvement and patience in the pocket, it's really elevated the, uh, the performance and, and production of this offense as a whole. Running back, Zach Moss, as good as there is in the conference, and he's having another big year. How healthy is Zach Moss? Moss is healthy. He's he's good to go. You know, he kind of got dinged up with the shoulder early on in the year against USC, but he's fine. He's running really well, um, and and he's coming into this game feeling good. You know, again, like, like I mentioned earlier, with what Utah's done, um, you know, on offense – especially last week, they were able to put up 28 points in the first half and they were able to rest guys uh, last week. But overall, with the run game, they incorporate five, six, seven different guys in the run game where you look at the box score and there's going to be, you know, that amount of guys with at least one, two, three carries 
they incorporate a lot of receivers in the running game and even a tight end and Brent Keithy will get a carry here and there. So um, they, they have lightened his load, but they still feature him enough where he's, you know, he's still the top guy. There's no question about it, but they've made it easier on him in terms of his entire workload. And he's so good that he's now uh, able to create big plays without taking the, the punishment of, you know, his, his workload like it was last year and the year before. So um, he's healthy. He's coming into this game feeling good and ready to go. Back in the day, there was a linebacker at Bellevue High School who would just, he was just a man child, would just annihilate kids. His name was EJ Savannah. I always said if my kids played football and they were playing Bellevue and EJ was playing, I wouldn't let my son play. If I was Britton Covey's mom and I saw Washington on the schedule, I'm not sure I'd let him play. We're not expected to see Britton Covey. This, uh, he, I've heard he's redshirting. Is that true? Yes, yeah. So that's that's kind of what it is. He hasn't played the last few games. He's he's in full on redshirt mode. You know, because of the injury that he suffered against Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, you know, he he took a toll in both games against Washington. Uh, and you know, he he came back. He hurried back. He was he did his rehab and was good to go. That BYU game, just because of, you know, his family, the ties to the BYU program, that game meant a lot to him. That'll be the only opportunity that he would have had to play in that stadium down there. Um, that game meant a lot to him. And so he he tried like hell uh, to get back, you know, in shape and, and play for that game. And you could tell, you know, that he just wasn't the same explosive player, the same dynamic player. So it was after... Uh, it was after I want to say the USC game where they just decided, you know what, uh, let's let's give you some rest at least for a couple weeks. Let's see how you're doing. We'll we'll keep the red shirt option available if we need to do that. We'll we'll pursue that. We'll get you your red shirt this year. And that's kind of where it's it's pretty much a done deal now, where he's just red shirting because we're so deep into the season now. So don't expect to see Britton Covey this week. Um, he's he's focusing on, on getting healthy for next season. Yeah, he just got pommeled oh, last man. year. Pum- yeah. He earned a lot of respect from Washington fans. He has all the respect in the world from everybody up here because, uh, yeah. yeah, they would have been putting pieces of me in the ambulance if I had to take <laughs> the kind of punishment that he got. But uh, no when you take when you take a look, again, if you're the defensive coordinator uh, at Washington, uh, what, do you, what are you going to – I mean, what do you attack? Well, I mean, the, the engine that makes this offense go is the running game. Um, and, and it starts with Zach Moss. If, if you can um, put pressure and, and limit their ability to generate yards in the run game, that'll make life tough for Utah. You know, they've improved as a team uh, in terms of their ability to get the ball downfield in the passing game. But they're much better when they can pick up two, three yards you know, on first and second down, and then they're in third and short, uh, and and they've got the option there. Um, but priority is always to stop the run against Utah. That's that's their focus. They want to feature the run game because that allows them to grind out the clock and keep their defense off the field. Um, you know, and it's it's worked so far this season. Utah's defense has played, um, you know, a fraction of, of the snaps that you see at other programs like Oregon and and even Washington. So the defense is staying off the field. They're averaging, I think, about 50, 50 snaps, the defense, Utah's defense is, as a whole. So they're staying fresh, and it's because of Utah's ability 
to to uh, to to control the clock with the run game. So um, first and foremost, stop the run, and then you know I'm going to challenge the receivers uh, to make plays down the field. Um, I'm going to get in their face. I'm going to press them. That's what Arizona State did, and where Utah was able to to find success in the passing game against Arizona State, it was because they they focused on the run first. Um, that's that's what I'm looking to do. Stop the run and then and then get in the face of these Utah receivers for sure. Chris Peterson is always big on talking to us about the hidden yards in the kicking game. And Utah's been known to be just masterful at getting those hidden yards. What's going on with special teams in Utah this year? You know, <laughs> with uh it's it's uh it's not as good it was as it was, as it has been, you know, for, for Utah, uh, where you're traditionally seeing you know, the kicker and punter being named as, you know, punter of the week, specialist of the week. Like, that's just not the case this year. Um, you know, it's almost forced Utah to be more aggressive at each level of the field uh, where uh, they're not, you know, Ben Lennon is a freshman Aussie style, Aussie rules kind of punter, uh, which is what Utah has been known for with Tom Hackett and Mitch, Mitch Wisnowski. Lennon hasn't been too impressive so far with, with his punts. Um, he's, he's only been getting close to, I think, 40 yards where, you know, Utah has long been able to, to average closer to 50. And so that's been a little bit of a concern in, 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 uh, in that regard. And then kicking, you know, Utah doesn't have the big leg kicker that they've had in Matt Gay or, or Andy Phillips. Uh, they've got a walk-on in Jaden Redding who's accurate within – 44 yards or so is what Whittingham has mentioned is his range. Um, and so it's, it's forced Utah to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, so, you know, it's not the same specialists, you know, that, that we've seen the, the same type of special teams play that we've seen from Utah the last couple of years. You know, it's still good. It's still reliable, but it's just, it's not what we're accustomed to. I would definitely give Washington the, the, uh, uh, the edge here in, in, uh, in special teams. So Utah down by two, three seconds left on the clock, and they're lining up for a 42-yard field goal to win the game. How comfortable are you? I'm not looking. <laughs> <laughs> I am not watching. I'm, I've am i got my, my eyes closed. I'm turned away from the field, and I'm just waiting to hear the reaction from the crowd. I'm not watching. <laughs> uh, just uh, one one more thing. Just uh, Washington's been able to make hay in recruiting down in Utah. And pluck oh, some my hell. You ain't kidding. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> tell me, tell me about how the Utah people feel about Washington being able to grab some of those guys. Oh man, you guys are the thorn in, in Utah fan side for real. Like, uh, you've had what Jordan Lolohia, uh, Puka Nakua, uh, and and that one that one really hurt uh, losing out on on Puka just just because Samson's brother and, and Washington, you know where it was USC once he decommitted, Washington was always considered the favorite. I think most Utah fans understood that um but still you just kind of held out hope that that utah would be able to make the push that they needed to keep that kid uh at in utah and and that one was a painful loss uh you know puka is a good buddy of mine i went to a lot of his games support him he's my dude and it's fun to see him starting to play well if you know for me it's almost like fantasy football where you know like if if you play fantasy football you're a seahawks fan i assume kim oh yeah you know, if, if you got Todd Gurley on their team and it and they're playing the Seahawks, like, I mean, part of you is hoping that Gurley goes off, but they still lose by by 20, right? Like, 
that's yeah. kind of what it is uh, for for me and for a lot of these youth fans where you know they've grown up, they they know Puka, they know uh, the Nakua family and and that. But you know this week it's 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 uh, it's definitely all all Utah all red. Um, there's there's no friends on the field this week. But yeah, Washington has had its way almost, uh, and not even in the state of Utah, but. You know, with the the familiar the similarities between the two programs, uh, there are quite a few similarities in terms of the recruits that they they go after. You know, Washington's had its way. The the Texas linebacker that you got, Cooper McDonald, was a big time target for Utah, and and uh, and you guys picked him up over the summer. Um, you know, so it's there's been a lot of head to head battles between Utah and Washington, and you guys have come away. The victor, I would say, on an average of nine and a half times out of ten. I don't know. Like, I don't even know if I can't recall, you know, one that, that Utah's gotten in their favor the last few seasons. Washington has had its way. <laughs> Steve, looking forward to the game. And just a reminder to all listening, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts for University of Washington football, basketball, recruiting, shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will get you hooked up. And also, premium subscribers to UteZone, uh, dogman.com, all of the 24-7 sites for premium subscribers. Just an added book that we added on uh Wednesday, actually, CBS All Access will now be included in your premium subscription. If you're not a subscriber, give it the seven-day free trial. Hey, you can binge watch for seven days, and if you can cancel at any time within that time frame, you won't be billed, and uh, you'll even have access to it during that. But CBS All Access, lots of cool stuff. I logged into it last night. It's a lot of cool old stuff in there if you haven't taken a look, Steve. So, Steve Bartel, oh, no. Steve Bartle, thanks for coming on. Looking forward to the game. All right? Yeah, man, I'll be up there, and and I'll, I'm gonna need some good food stops up there. We we've got a podcast of our own here down here for Utah, and our big thing is chicken sandwiches. So if you've got a good chicken sandwich that I need to check out, please let me know. <laughs> Will do. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.